Everybody's going to pray. I'm going to lead you. You don't have to pray at once, but I want you guys to follow what I'm, what I'm praying. And as I'm praying, would you guys just, um, in your hearts, repeat these things, asking the Lord to speak to you. So, Father, we're just asking by the power of the blood of Jesus that was paid for on the cross to purchase these precious people, these friends of mine, would you open up our hearts and our minds to understand you. Lord, we want to set our hearts on things above, not on earthly things. But, Lord, we're not smart enough or strong enough to be able to do that. So we're asking you right now to help us. We're asking for your supernatural help work in our lives tonight, the people who are here. And there's, there's people here tonight who can't seem to get their attention on you because of a satanic invitation. And so we're just asking, in the name of Jesus, we're just canceling every satanic assignment in this building that no person would be distracted by what Satan is inviting them into and that every person would be free to focus on you. Would you speak to every heart here tonight and would you change our lives? Would the things that happen here in this room tonight be uh, be reverberating for years and years through eternity, Lord. And so we're asking for your help. And that in all this, that our motivation would be your love, motivated by the love of Christ, compelled by the love of Christ. Would you give us more love for you? Would you show us your love in a greater way? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, let me ask you guys this as you sit down. Have you guys taken some classes across the street that after paying all that money, you thought, that was a total waste of time and money. Tell me the names of those classes. Methods of business. What else? Statistics? I had two good statistics classes, but I know that there's some that aren't so good. Okay, what else? Huh? Composition. Okay, anything else? Well, this must be a great school. You guys, I, can, I think about... I think about 80% of my classes were okay. About 10% were really good, and about 10% were like, who's paying this guy? Um, so Yeah, that's right. I was. That's right. Now, let me ask you guys, have you ever taken a class across the street where you took that class, and you're like, that, I think that was the best class I ever took? What were the names of those classes? Composition. They're like, yes, did you guys take the same class? Okay. What, what other classes? Calculus. You are brilliant. History. Which history? Early America. First one. That wasn't the first one. That was the first one in America. <laughs> there was history before the, the, the Europeans landed here. Okay. Uh, what else? What else do you guys take? Uh huh. Biology. You are smart. Okay. What else? Exercise physiology. Okay. Jacob. Say it again. Can you guys hear what Jacob said? Some kind of design. Cool. <laughs> biological anthropology. Did anybody else take biological anthropology? There you go. Okay. Here we go. Guys, this is the deal. You've had classes that were total wastes of time. There were classes that you were excited to go to. I don't want to teach the Bible to people that aren't excited to come and study the Bible. This is exciting stuff. I learn something new about Jesus and the Bible every day. Every day. I, my time with the Lord every morning is not finished until I got something new. There's so much more to know. And I, I was sharing this in, in uh, our staff meeting a couple days ago. We were, we were, in, du were we in Dubai, Logan? 
I think we were in Dubai. We were, we were in an eight-hour layover in Dubai. And Logan said to me something that I, I remember because it was so comical. He's like, I don't know if you remember this, but he says, so Steve, when, when you get to your level, is there anything else to learn? And I was thinking, my level? I just laughed. I'm glad you guys are, you guys are supposed to laugh at that. Um, thank you. Okay, here's the deal. I said, I said, do you remember this? Do you remember this conversation? I said, Logan, I'm learning at a much ex more accelerated speed about Jesus and about the Bible than I ever had before. I learned a little bit back when I was your age, and I learned a little bit more, and I learned a little bit faster. Now it's just like, I can't get enough. And I think the reason is this, because the bigger, the closer we get to God, the bigger he is. And I just think, you know what eternity is going to be like? I mean, this is just the beginning, guys. You think that your little puny minds can wrap yourself around this great God? No, neither can I. But we learn and learn and learn and learn. You got a friend like that? Like, so you, like it's like you've been hanging out with that friend for how many years, and you're like, "Huh? You never told me that." And you're gonna be saying that to Jesus for eternity. He's gonna blow your mind with what you find out about him. And you guys are like, "I don't even know where to start." Tomorrow morning, get up and open your Bible and you ask him, Lord, would you show me? Because he will show you. And it's exciting stuff. So guys, what we're, do what we're doing here, I don't know what they told you. You guys are here for the first time. But we're studying the Bible. And it's exciting. It's good stuff. And I don't want to be like your class over there where you're like, oh, I got to guess I got to go through this again just to get the grade. You don't have to get the grade here. You don't even have to be here. You're here because you wanted to, to get close to Jesus. You want to study the Bible, and he's speaking to you tonight. So get your Bibles. Open up your Bibles. If you don't have one, then raise your hand, and Mr. Matt will get you one. If you don't have your own Bible, then you and me, let's go down to Mardell's tomorrow, and let's get you one, okay? And I'll, buy, I'll pay for it if you promise to read it every day for the rest of your life. Why are you laughing? Okay. And here's where we are. There, there's lots of places that we could study in this amazing book. But where we are right now is we're in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a sequel to book of Luke. Dr. Luke wrote two volumes. The first volume is the book of Luke. What a coincidence. The second volume is the Acts. And remember what, what Acts means. Acts means the things that Jesus did through his Holy Spirit by his apostles in the world after he stepped off this planet. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. And that the book of Acts ends abruptly because it's not done. It's not done. It's like, it's like Dr. Luke is writing this book, and then it's just like, that's it. that's it. Because the story has continued and continued and continued, and we're still getting started. You guys are part of the story. I hope Luke writes a third volume and includes you in it. So this is where we are, Acts chapter 2, okay? Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, and for, us, for you to understand the significance of what we're talking about tonight, it's going to be helpful for you to understand the significance of the day of Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. Thank you. Okay. So what is Pentecost? Okay. That's right. That's right. That's what we think about. Uh, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not nickel cost or dime cost. It's Pentecost, right? Um, you guys don't get my joke. Okay. Okay. P Pentecost is... I just thought of that. I didn't plan that. Okay. Um, it was kind of good. Thank you, Amelia. At least Amelia's laughing. 
Uh, Pentecost, we call it Pentecost. Pentecost is actually a word that developed later on, but the original name for Pentecost was in the Old Testament was, does anybody remember? Couple, couple of words. There's some Hebrew words and some English words. But one of the, one of the words for this festival of Pentecost is is the Feast of Weeks. Have you guys heard of that? Feast of Weeks. And really, it's the feast. It's it's the feast of the weeks of weeks, or the week of weeks, because it's the feast of weeks because it's a, a week of weeks, which is seven weeks, which is 49 days after what day? What holiday? Passover. Very good. Okay, so this is 49 days. The day after the 49 days of Passover. So this is 50 days. That's, that's penta, right? That's, that's Greek for, fi, for five. 50, 50 days after Jesus came to life is this holiday of Pentecost. So it's also called the Harvest Festival. Okay? You guys remember Greg Laurie over here? Different Harvest Festival. The same kind of idea. Okay? Harvest Festival. The reason it's called the Harvest Festival is because this festival that God instituted back at the time of Moses, if you guys, guys want to back up and listen to the podcast from last December or so. We had a teaching here called the Prophetic Parties of the Old Testament. And it's worth going through those to understand what those se- seven festivals in the Old Testament is worth l- listening to. So you guys can look that up on the podcast. Um, you can find the podcast on our website, utacornerstone.com. So, Harvest Festival. Harvest Festival is 50 days after Passover, or 50 days after the day that Jesus um, well, 50 days after Jesus came to life. And this is significant in the fact that the, in the, in the, it was called the Harvest Festival because it was the day that they celebrated the bringing in of the harvest. And they'd take two loaves, and they'd take those two loaves and present those two loaves before the Lord. They didn't understand why they did it, but this is a prophetic, a prophetic signifying of a day when both sets of people Jews and non-Jews would be presented before the Lord. So there's prophetic significance in what happens in, in Passover. Now let's back up even a little further, okay? Giving you some significance, because some understanding, some background. So let's look at Genesis 11. So to understand what, what, what the Holy Spirit is about to do on this Pentecost day, it helps us to understand Genesis 11. So Genesis 11, you guys remember the story of Babel? Remember this? Okay, story of Babel, Genesis 11. We're going we're gonna to go through this real quick, and then we're going to hop back to, uh, to Acts 2. Genesis 11. I'm sorry. Yeah, Genesis 11. Now the whole world. You guys there? First book in your Bible. If you go all the way left and count up 11 chapters, you're there. Now the whole world had one language in common speech. As men, verse 2 of Genesis 11, as men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Do you guys know where Shinar is? Um, Sophia, Sophia brought a friend here last week named Fatima who is from this exact town, this exact area, okay? So it's, um, it's just 100 miles or so south of Baghdad, okay? They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. He's talking about the, this developing a new, new technology of not just building with stone but building with, with bricks. Then they said, come and let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heaven. So that, listen to their reasoning, this tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Okay, here, here's what I want to ask you guys to do. In your Bibles, circle or underline the word ourselves. Come let us build 
ourselves a city. Is there anything wrong with, is there anything wrong with building a city? No, but I want you, the, the, the emphasis here is that these guys are building the city for themselves. They're, the idea here is that we're going to build, we're gonna, we are going to unite in the name of humanity, in the name of our community, and we are going to be strong, we're, we're going to be united, and we don't, need, we don't need God in this. We're going to be able to reach heaven ourselves. Now, I don't, I don't think they're thinking they're going to reach this tower into into heaven this just means that they're they're setting up a high place as a monument to themselves to the unification of the united states of china okay here's the problem they're trying to find significance in their own accomplishments it don't work it don't work now some of you guys think well well how, how, I, I need it to work i'm trying to make something in my life too Here's the truth that the people at the Plain of Shiner found out. That there is no significant thing that you can accomplish apart from God. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so in God's love for these people, he, he doesn't let them succeed. And he's going to tell us why here. Verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. Now understand that the Lord is everywhere. He doesn't have to come down. This is... This is uh, a style of writing tell, to tell a story that the Lord looks at what they're doing and the Lord said, check out what, well, check out what God says. Verse 6. If, as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then check this out. This is worth underlining. This is amazing. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Think about this, guys. What God is saying, this is not Steve saying this, the Bible is saying that God is saying is that if the people of the world unite, that the, that, that unity is going to be able, is going to enable them to do amazing, amazing things. They're going to be unstoppable. The problem is there is no unity apart from the king of unity. There is no peace apart from the king of peace. It doesn't happen. And if we grope at that, doesn't work. Now, you know, if this, if this ideology didn't stop at Babel. It continues right now. Does this not sound familiar? The more we get together, the... Isn't that, remember that song? Okay, watch this video. You guys got that video ready? Wouldn't it be great if this was true? Or would it not be? Okay, I don't know, it's a commercial for something, but is this, is this not, do you guys not hear this? Like all we need to do is sit back and love each other and let the world be the way it is. We just need unity. In fact, you guys know the song, John Lennon's song? I had to print it out and I want to read you a few lines of this. You guys know, you know the song Imagine, right? Imagine there's no heaven. I mean, this, this, think of what John Lennon is saying here. Great philosopher John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. 
No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Forget about tomorrow. Let's just live for today, is what John Lennon is saying. Like, eat, drink, be merry, because tomorrow we're dying anyway. Imagine there's no countries. There's we just we just got we just got love, peace all around the world. It isn't hard to do to imagine this, he says. Nothing to kill for, nothing to die for. You guys understand? That you that that what he's saying is that you value your life above anything else. That there's nothing in your life worth worth giving your life for. That's philosophy. That's what he's saying here. It's a good song. The music is good, yeah, that's right. But the the message, guys, is is the message of Babel. It's the message of the United States of Shinar. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion to wouldn't that be great. If what he means is no effort to try to reach, reach to God, but understand God reaches to us, then that is great. Imagine all the people living in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope you'll join us, and someday you'll join us, and the world will be as one. Is that possible? Here's what I want to say, guys, is it's not possible. It's, not, it's impossible for the world to reach the unity that the world longs for without the king of unity, without Jesus it, it won't happen. It can't happen. Every year when we're in Japan, somehow in our, in our Japan trip, who's been to Japan with me? Okay. Thank you for going to Japan with me. When we've gone to Japan before, every year it's kind of become, it's assumed that we're there in the name of world peace. And everybody's like, oh, the world peace group is here. And there's, there's big advocates for, advocates for world peace who, are, who really try to help us. What's very interesting about all this talk about world peace is some of the people who are the biggest advocates for world peace can't stand the people who they live with. They don't like each other. Isn't that the way it is? Because the truth of the matter is the people who are advocates for world peace and the world being one, like, like Trump and his buddies up there, I'm not mocking the president. Sorry, guys. I just, it's just, there is, there's a philosophy of like, we can just get together, we can find real art, we can fulfill human destiny. Guys, this is humanism. And it is not possible apart from the king peace. So, back to Genesis 11, verse 8. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. Oh, sorry, verse 7. Come and let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So what God does is he confounds, he confuses their language. They can't communicate. They're scattered across the earth. Verse 9, that is why it is called Babel, which means confusion, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And why did God do that? Acts 17 tells us. Does anybody remember what Acts 17 says? About all these, why God scattered people and let people be all divided all over the world? You guys remember? It says, so that they might seek him and find him. What God is, what God is saying, if you put these, these verses together, is that God is saying, I'm not letting people find a, a false satisfaction without me. I'm going to scatter them and confound, confuse their efforts so that they will reach out and find me because only through me are they ever going to find true peace and unity. So God's got this plan to make people in this world. He had this plan to make people so they'd be victorious of the spiritual forces of evil in this world. And they stand in the face of God and say, we don't need you. We can do this on our own. And so God still doesn't give up on the plan. And he gives them this festival of Pentecost. This, 
this, this hint in the Mosaic law, in the law of Moses, of this time that would come when all the people would be regathered throughout the world under the king of peace, the king of unity, Jesus himself. So, when the day of Pentecost comes, you know, so that's, that's what Pentecost is about, okay? This is what God's plan is. God's plan is he's been waiting for all these, all these years. There's the day coming when all this separation between all the people, between all the races, between all the nations, when all that is taken away and all people can have true unity under, the king, under king Jesus. And this is going to happen on the day that I pour out my spirit on all people. And he plans that this happens on Pentecost. They don't know, what, they don't know what's coming, but this is what happens. So um, back, to, back to Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. We talked about that it, the Holy Spirit comes when there's unity with people and unity among people only happens when the Holy Spirit is involved. There's no other way to accomplish unity. And then, still in verse 1, suddenly a sound like a blowing wind, like the blowing of a violent wind came. Okay. Because what don't you guys think about? What is the significance of the sound of the blowing of the violent wind? Say it again. Something dangerous is coming. It is dangerous. Think about it. Think about it. the most powerful thing in the universe collides with humankind. Humankind has been ransomed on the cross by Jesus' blood, and so the, all those people are not obliterated because Jesus already paid for it. Before Jesus died, could the Holy Spirit dwell in people? No way. They couldn't come in contact with the Holy Spirit because he is perfect and we are imperfect. Just think about this. Because he is perfect and we're imperfect, for us to come in contact with him, with him would either obliterate us or make the perfect imperfect. Right? You take something that's perfect and something imperfect, you mix it together, the perfect's not perfect anymore, right? Is that not right? So either by, there, there was no way for imperfect, sinful, dirty hearts of humanity to, become in, to come in contact with God because that would either make him contaminated, which is impossible, or it would obliterate us. But Jesus dies to pay for the sin of all people so that we can enter into his presence freely. And this is why the Holy Spirit comes. So, so the, the sound of the rushing wind is, uh, is, it's not like God is showing off, like, okay, I'm going to freak these guys out and make a bunch of noise. It's what happens when the eternal, powerful God comes in, somehow bangs into the material world. And there's uh, an eruption that takes place that the whole that shakes Jerusalem, and people come running to find out what's happening. Okay, it shows, so this this violent wind. As you guys think about what this violent wind, the sound of violent wind is, it's the power of God being revealed. Okay, one other one other ha thing happens here. They hear the power of violent wind. They see what do they see? Oh, we haven't read it yet. Let's read it. Verse 2. Verse 2. Suddenly it sounded like a, the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Is that cool or what? It's like all of a sudden just got electric, electricity happening over everybody. Luke, Dr. Luke is like, I don't know how to describe this stuff, but it is powerful and it's shiny and it's cool. It looked like tongues of fire. I mean, I, I guess just think about electric power flowing into these people from God himself. Tongues of fire that separated came to rest on each of them. Zzz, 
and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So they heard what? Or was it sound, something that sounded like rushing wind? They saw what? Fire. The sound of rushing wind really represents the power of God. What do you think the fire represents? Say it again. Fire of the Holy Spirit, which, well, why fire? I mean, again, it's, it's showing the power of God. But guys, all the time through the Old Testament when the fire of God is there, it's about purification. Just, I mean, you think, you know, John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who's going to baptize with fire in the Holy Spirit. I mean, purification. You guys want something pure? You can wash it with water. If you want it really pure, you stick it in fire, right? I mean, this is purification. The Holy Spirit comes and just, just, just right through there. Guys, what if that happened here tonight? They hear this, this sound. They see this fire. And they, what do they experience? They experience purification. They, they experience, they experience tongues. But what, you know, that, that, that's in fact, what happens to them? They all got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's like, he doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come and do magic tricks for them. He, he, he comes upon them in power. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want you to see. They don't just all go, this is cool. What? This is like an LSD trip. The, I mean, this, I want you guys to understand this. Holy Spirit power in your life is not for you to feel like LSD. The purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is because he has something he wants to do through you. You guys got to get this. Because I just know that there's so many people that are like, Holy Spirit, come and, come and fill me. Come and fill me. Come and fill me. Why? Fill me because you've got something that you want to empower me to do in this world. And without you, I can't do it. And so I want you guys to see that. They experience the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in tongues. Why? Not just so they can speak in tongues. They speak in tongues because there is, a, there is ministry. The result here is ministry. Okay, so if you're taking those four things, what do they hear? They hear the sound. What do they see? They see the fire. What do they experience? They experience Holy Spirit filling in their life. And what's the result? The result is ministry. So look at verse 5. We read about the ministry that happens. Now there were staying in Jerusalem. Remember, this is Pentecost. Three times a year, everybody who could make it to Jerusalem came to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is jam-packed with people from all over the place because they're there for Pentecost. They don't even know what Pentecost is. It's just a big festival. It's kind of like Christmas. What's Christmas about? I don't know. It's fun. So let's do it, right? For most of the world. Okay? So, I mean, so many, so many traditions become like that. They don't even know the meaning. But the meaning... It's going to be fulfilled this day. All these people from under nation, under every nation under heaven, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. They're like, wow, that guy speaks Agta. Utterly amazed, they asked. Aren't these dudes who are speaking our language Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappa Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from home, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Is that cool or what? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And so we find out that that day, we're going we're to study about what Peter says and the power of what God speaks through Peter. We're going to talk about that next week. 3,000 people say, I'm in. And I, what I want you guys to see is the amazing strategy of God. Remember, God's strategy, God's plan is to take people from 
the whole world. And to take people from the whole world and refusing to let them find satisfaction in themselves, he messes up their plans back at Babel and scatters them everywhere. He does it, why? He does it because he has a plan to redeem all of them. To not let them find satisfaction apart from him. And then he calls a guy named Abraham. Remember this? He calls Abraham and he puts him there in that central location between, between Africa and Europe and Asia. And he tells them, you guys are going to be here and through you, you're going to bless the whole world. And you know what they do? They do the same thing that most people around here are doing. They get busy with life and they totally neglect what God's called them to do. And God says, because you didn't do what I, what I called you to do, I'm scattering you around the world. 722 B.C., the northern part of Israel falls, and they're scattered everywhere. 586 B.C., the southern part of the southern kingdom falls, and they're scattered everywhere. That's why they're in all these nations. You know why God put them in all these nations that we just read? What's that? So God to be revealed to all these nations. So on this day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus is resurrected, that on that day, that there would be a reversal of what happened at Babel, and all people would get the chance to be brought back into this family of God united underneath, underneath King Jesus. That's his plan. What a brilliant God. Is that cool or what? It's amazing. Okay, so, so again, they hear the sound. They see the fire. They experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. They experience the, Holy Sp the filling of the Holy Spirit so they can do ministry. But something else happens other than ministry. The second, thing, the second effect that happens there is, look at verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them. Said, these dudes have been drinking too much. Here's what, here's what I want you guys to get. Whenever the Holy Spirit works in your life, there is going to be criticism. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Now, some, some of the reason that, that, that some, sometimes the reason that people haven't experienced the power of God in their life is because they're like, I want you in my life, but I want to be safe. I don't want anybody laughing at me. So just let me experience you in my, in my closet. Jesus said go in the closet and shut the door. So I'm doing that. These people act like they were drunk. And people are like, these guys are weird. And they're okay with it. Guys, this is what I want, I want you guys to understand. Is there will be criticism in your life if you, if, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you act differently than you acted last time those people saw you. They're like, what happened to Max? Right? What happened to Max? He's been hanging out with those Christians. You guys know what I'm talking about. If they're not saying that, guys, listen to me. If they are not saying that about you, if you've never had anybody say, you are sure acting different than you used to, then could it be that you've never been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm, I'm, I'm serious, guys. What, what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? We want the Holy Spirit power in your life so much that your professor is like, yeah, he's a good student, but he's a little bit, uh, he's a little bit, a little bit weird. He thinks that Jesus is real and he's coming back. Do any of your professors say that about you? If not, why not? Well, yeah, because you guys go to CFNI, that's right. But I'm talking about the UTA students. Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time here in a little bit asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. But before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about Holy Spirit because there's lots of confusion, okay? 
So lots of confusion out there. Part of the confusion is a result of how, how different denominations use words. But I just, want to, I just want you guys to understand some things about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is wonderful. Do not be scared. God is pure light. He is pure goodness. Nothing bad ever comes from him. Okay, so if you're taking notes, you guys should take notes. First thing that I want you to write down in regards to the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay? Second, Corinthians 3.17 says, the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit is the Lord. Okay? This, this is not just some kind of impersonal force. When the, when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, it uses the pronoun he, not it. Okay? Let's not have anybody at the cornerstone talking about, well, the Holy Spirit came. It was, it, it, it came in, it, it, it came in me. The Holy Spirit is he. He is God. Okay? Okay? Second thing I want to ask, ask you guys right down is, so therefore, if you have God in your life, same thing, if you have Jesus in your life, if you have God in your life, if you have Jesus in your life, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay? Verse that you need to write down here is Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. This is, this is important, guys, as you understand who the, who the Holy Spirit is and what his work in your life is. Romans 8 and 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He does not belong to Christ. Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, same thing, same Spirit, there's one Spirit. And if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you don't belong to Christ. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Now this, this what, the, what this is teaching is that you don't, you don't ask Jesus in your heart today and maybe sometime in the future ask the Holy Spirit in your heart. Do you guys understand? This is important because there's people out there who are confused about this. Like, oh, I got saved three months ago, and I asked Jesus in my life, and now I asked the Holy Spirit in my life. Romans 8 9 says if you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. If you have God, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, third thing. There are different levels. Even, so that's true. If, you're, if you belong to Jesus, the Holy Spirit abides in you. But that does not mean to say that, he, that, you, that all the Holy Spirit level or volume in your life is the same at all times. Does that make sense, guys? Okay? There are different levels of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want you guys to look at a verse that is really important in regards to this. Where Jesus, the night before he dies, he's teaching his friends about what's going to happen. Like, I'm leaving. The Holy Spirit that's in me, my Holy Spirit, is going to come, and he's going to be in all of you. This is what he's teaching them. So, John 14, verse 16. Guys, look here. This is important. Jesus is explaining what's going to happen after he leaves. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, well, it's not gonna be able to, gonna, gonna, the outsider is not going to be able to experience the Holy Spirit. But you know him. He's talking to his, his disciples. For he lives, what's the next word? Say it again. With you, and he will be in you. You guys notice these two, two prepositions. The Holy Spirit is with you guys. He's talking to his disciples. Holy Spirit is with you, but he's going to be in you. So you're thinking, well, what's that all about? 
And then he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, that's going to be me. That come, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's me. That's me. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. It's not going to be with me. With you physically. I'm a physical man, Jesus is saying. When we ask Jesus in our heart, we didn't ask a little man into our heart. We ask his spirit in, okay? It's important that we understand this, okay? Jesus is a physical man. He was a physical man. He, he died a physical man, raised a physical man. He ascended in heaven as a physical man. He's coming back as a physical man. And so when we, ask, when we say we ask, invite Jesus in our heart, it's his spirit that we're inviting. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay? So he's telling these guys, I'm with you, but I'm going to be in you. Now, why couldn't he be in them right then? What's that? Why couldn't Holy Spirit dwell in people prior to at this at this point? This is the day before Jesus dies when he stands. Because they weren't purified yet. What purified them? The blood of Jesus. So blood of Jesus paid for all sin. That meant that we can have the Holy Spirit living in us now. So what happens on Sunday? I want you guys to see what happens on Sunday. When would the Holy Spirit be in those people that he's talking to that night? What's that? That's what we'd think, but I want you guys, I want to I want to blow your mind here, okay? We usually think of Acts 2, but I want you guys to see something else because this is important, guys. Let's look at John 20, verse 19. Okay, we're gonna wrap this up in a second. We're gonna we're gonna ask Holy Spirit to do his work. But John 20, verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week, this is the day that Jesus has conquered death. He's alive, he walks into their room, the disciples were together, the doors are locked for fear of the Jews, and Jesus comes and he stands among them, and he's like, Peace, dudes, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And after this, he shows them his hands and his side. He's like, it's me. I got scars in my hands. I got a scar on my side. It really is me. This is not a ghost. Touch me and see. And the disciples were freaked out, overjoyed when they saw him. It's like bear hug party. I mean, everybody's hugging him. Jesus, you're alive. Right? Notice what he says. He says, peace be with you guys. It's okay. Peace. Don't be afraid. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, what does he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. What, what day is this? this? This is Easter Sunday. This is the evening of Easter Sunday. That's right. This, he, he's, he, this is just a few days after he told them. He said, the Holy Spirit's with you, but he's going to be in you. What had happened between that, those days? He had paid for the sins of them, so now they can have the only presence of the Holy Spirit. But you notice there's not much change. Here's the, here's, here's the lesson for us, guys, is that the Holy Spirit is with you. Pr the proof that the Holy Spirit is with you is that you're here tonight. You came here tonight because the Holy Spirit is drunk, but not all of you have surrendered your lives to Jesus. The Holy Spirit of Jesus does not come and live in your life until you surrender to him. But there is still more coming. We're going to look at this. When did the disciples receive the Holy Spirit? Sunday. Sunday. The day that Jesus came to life. That day. The day of Jesus' resurrection. So why did, what, what happened 50 days later? I want you guys to see this. When Jesus told his disciples, just, just before he left, he's like, okay, guys, there's still a promise that you haven't experienced yet. I'm going to leave, and then the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. 
Some of your versions, some of your versions say on you. But so he was with you. Now he's in you. But I'm going to leave and then on you. He didn't tell him what day it's going to happen. But on the day of Pentecost, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. And then Holy Spirit is coming upon you. Guys, you got these three prepositions. Holy Spirit, what, what's the first one? With you. Second one is in you. Third one is upon you. Okay, here, here's what I want you guys to think about. That it's possible for you to be here and enjoy the worship, enjoy the teaching. Holy Spirit is working in your life, but not have been surrendered to Jesus. It's also possible for you to have surrendered to Jesus and his Holy Spirit is living in you, but that you've never been filled with power from on high like Jesus promised. Okay. This is the fourth thing. I don't know, third or fourth something thing that I want you guys to write down is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that he wants to give you is for the ministry that is ahead of you. God is calling some of you. God is calling all of you. God is calling all of you to be his representatives in this planet. I know what you all think is like, God, I can only do so much. I can't do what Steve thinks I can do. I can't do what you called me to do. And he says, that's right. You can't do it without the power of my Holy Spirit. So you ask me, Jesus says, you ask me for, your whole, for my Holy Spirit power to be in you, to come upon you so that you, can have, so that you can do what it takes to carry out my work in this world. You can't do what God's calling you to do. You can't do it without him. He's designed it this way. He, you guys can do this much. He's calling you this much. And the gap between where, what he's calling you to do and what you know that you can do is Holy Spirit power. And that's why he gives his Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is for ministry. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, guys. Tonight. Tonight. Holy Spirit power in my life. But not just tonight. Tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day, and the pattern that we're going to see through the book of Acts, we see it again and again in the book of Acts, is that the people get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. One day, they go out and they spend themselves, they spend that Holy Spirit power on people, people, people. It's exhausting. And then they go back and get more Holy Spirit power. And then they go out and they spend that power on people. And here's the mistake that so many people make. is They either try to go out and spend themselves on people doing ministry without going back for Holy Spirit power, or they sit here and just like, Holy Spirit power, come on, come on, come on. And never go, do, never go do the work that God's calling them to do. So the people at the cornerstone, our pattern is out doing ministry, serving, 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 giving my life, spending my life on those people, and then filling myself up with Jesus. And I know the way that so many people think is it's like, oh, I've been spending myself on so many people, I just need to get a good movie to watch, get a break. That doesn't fill you up with the Holy Spirit power so that you can go out and do what you need to do tomorrow. It's His Spirit. We need His Spirit. So what we're going to do right now is we are going to ask for His Spirit. And there's two levels of this. Some of you tonight are going to ask for the, for the Spirit of God. One of the worship team come up here. We're going to ask the worship team to come up. And we're going to spend some time worshiping Him as we do this. Some of you are going to ask for the Holy Spirit to stop just being with you and to be in you. You want to know how that happens? Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 tells us how it happens. You guys want to hear this? Paul, Peter, we're going to study this. Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit living in you. How do you get the Holy Spirit living in you? It's by repenting. 
Some of you people, some of some of the people who come to the cornerstone haven't repented. Some of you guys have come here for a long time. You're like, I, I maybe you've never repented. You've never you've never stood up and said, I'm turning away from my old life. I'm surrendering myself to Jesus. And without that, you can't, you can't get the Holy Spirit's not gonna live in you. So guys, we don't do a lot of altar calls here, but tonight, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, some of you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you by repenting of your old life. So I want, if, if that's you, I want you guys to stand up right now. Not everybody. Those of you that are saying, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I want him in me. Nikki, Randy, anybody else? And the reason we do this publicly is because if you can't do it publicly here, how are you going to do it publicly out there? There is no, praise God for Randy and Nikki. And so, guys, we're just going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them. And we're just saying, Holy Spirit in them, Jesus paid for you, Randy. Jesus paid for you, Nikki. You are purified by the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just ask for your power in Nikki's life, in Randy's life, covering them with your, the truth that you paid for all their sin. And right now, they're, they're saying, Jesus, we need you. He, I need you. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. And from this day on, I'm giving my life to you. I'm sorry, Lord, that I haven't done that before. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, there's other people who are here tonight who are, who are saying, Holy Spirit lives in me. But I haven't experienced his power. He's never come upon me in power. So I don't know. I'm not sure how this is all going to happen right now. I didn't got this all planned out. This is Holy Spirit work, okay? We're going to worship him. And we're going to ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives tonight. Saying, God, we want you. Because we know that you're calling us to ministry across this world. And we can't do it without you. So we know you. And we know that you, you know, some of you guys know that Jesus lives in you. But you're asking tonight to be filled, to be, for his spirit to come upon you, okay? You guys want that? If anybody doesn't, doesn't want that, that's okay. But I'm not sure why you can't. Okay, so we're all in unity, coming before Jesus, bowing our knee to him and saying, Holy Spirit, we want you. So as we sing, you guys just be praying that. And ask, the, some of you guys, just be asking, Lord, what do you want to do here, Lord Jesus? Because we're expecting Holy Spirit power to touch this group of people right now.